All right, let's get back to Galatians chapter 3. We're in a section uh, of the third chapter uh, that I want to read to you, beginning in verse 6. It's just the verse 9. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness... Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Guys, um, this is a little section of the book of Galatians where a discussion of the doctrine of justification by faith is inevitable. It's, it's hard to, um, to ignore the, the, um, the, the doctrine of justification by faith because Paul quotes in verse 6, he quotes Genesis 15, 6. Genesis 15, 6 is kind of what they call the classicus locus, the classic text concerning um, the doctrine of justification by faith. It is the seminal uh, uh, statement in the Old Testament concerning the doctrine of justification by faith. Um, it, is, it is where, it, um, it's maybe not mentioned for the first time, but it is certainly mentioned in, in its greatest, well, it's in, in more fullness in Genesis fifteen six concerning Abraham believed God and it was reckoned him for righteousness. Um, that's Genesis 15, and Paul quotes it here. So we are um, uh, immediately confronted once again with this doctrine of justification by faith alone. And you say, oh my goodness, not again. Are we going gonna to look at that again? Yes, we are. And the reason that we look at it so often is because the Bible mentions it so often. It is the central doctrine uh, of, of all of the scriptures. It is the gospel. But I want to show you a place... Where, where the doctrine is seen, but it's seen in, in somewhat of a quiet way. And I, and I want you to see it. Uh, go with me to John 14, if you will. John chapter 14. And, and um, uh, let me just read you one verse out of John 14. We're going to come back to the Gospel of John later on this evening and read more. But this is, this is one of those places where there it is. But nobody ever ever would preach it from this. But let me read this. This is verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him, and he will come to him. We will come to him and make our home with him. Now, guys, do you see, do you see it there? It says, the father will love him. Will love who? Who will the Father love? Well, he will love the one who got circumcised. He will love the one who keeps the Ten Commandments. He will love those who are baptized to remove their original sin. No. The Father will love the one who loves me. Um, Why is it that the Father will love you? Well, because you love me. Uh, who is it that the Father will love? Oh, the ones who love me. Um, he will love you 
not based on any kind of performance on your part. He will love you because you love me. Um, look at it a little bit more closely. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Yes. Loving Jesus Christ leads to one keeping his word. But the reason that the Father loves you is because you love him. There it is. There it is, guys. <clears throat> In fact, I would say that it's, it's, it's said more tenderly here than, it's, than elsewhere. Because it's not talking about a, a declaration of justification or not guilty. It's saying that the Father will love you. Why? Well, because you love Jesus. It doesn't, it doesn't make any reference to anything that you did or anything that you deserve. It is simply, the Father will love you because you love me. That too, ladies and gentlemen, is the doctrine of justification by faith alone. That is, your standing with God the Father is based upon your standing with Jesus Christ and nothing else. I'm saying, those of you who find the discussion of justification by faith to be um, um, burdensome, I'm just telling you, that's what the Bible is trying to teach you. <laughs> How is it that a man can be reconciled to God? Uh, I just told you. I told you back in Genesis 15. Well, I told you again in John 14. And it's going to tell you again in John 3. And it's going to tell you in Romans. It's going to tell you everywhere. Because ultimately, Job asked the question. Job is the one that says, how can a man be right with God? Well, there you go. God will love you if you love him. Based on your relationship to him, the father um, receives you into his uh, family. You know, that's justification by faith. And there it is in, a, in kind of a quiet, out-of-the-way place in John 14, 23. Now... Go back with me to John 3, and um, well, let's get on. Let's move a little bit forward in the text. We're, we're up to verse 7, and, and in verse, <laughs> you know, I, I know I say this a lot. Uh, I, I will say this. this. This was very encouraging. They laughed at Ronnie Stevens uh, in Budapest because he took so long to go through the Gospel of John. And they laughed at him again because he took so long to go through the book of Acts. Now, so you laugh at me because I take so long to go through a book. Okay, well, I just want you to know that Ronnie and I, they, both, they laugh at both of us for the, for the same thing. Um, I, I, what I'm saying is, verse 7 is really kind of a significant little statement. <clears throat> and maybe you've never paused over it. We're going to pause over it for the next, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, because in it, Paul is offering us a, um, a new definition. He's offering us his definition of Jewishness. Look at it, verse 7. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. I am a Gentile, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you in this room are Gentiles, and we all look alike. But Gentiles can become a son of Abraham which was Judaism's great claim, how is it that a Gentile becomes a, um, a son of Abraham? It tells you right there in verse 7, those who are of faith are 
sons of Abraham. Um, this family that God has is a spiritual family, not a biological one. Um, <clears throat> I, I became a son by faith, not by circumcision, um, not by obedience, not by ethnicity. Um, I became a son of Abraham. I, I am a Jew. The real definition of Jewishness is based on one's belief system, not on one's bloodlines. Guys, Jews made a big deal. Oh, by the way, they still do. Jews made a big deal of their national heritage. But God, look at, look at verse 8. Um, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all the nations. That's plural. Nations. Um, that, by the way, is a quote of Genesis 74. But <clears throat> true sons of Abraham are going to come from people of any nationality, not just one nationality. The way you become a son of Abraham is is through believing the same things that Abraham believed. The issue is not ethnicity. The issue is faith. Now, guys, lest you um, think I make too much of this, I I want you to go to John 8. Because this... Um, this is the thing that, that Jesus was fighting. It's the thing that Paul was fighting. This idea of a certain um, security. I have security because I am a son of Abraham. Well, Paul gives you a different definition in verse 7 of what it means to be a son of Abraham. <clears throat> but notice Judaism's. Stay with me in this text, guys. Um, this is we're in John chapter eight. It's a dialogue. It's a dialogue between Jesus and a, and a Jewish audience. It starts like this in verse thirty-one. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. By the way, don't get misled by that. Believed him. You're going to notice in the rest of this text that the, their believing is only superficial. You'll see that in a minute, but. Um, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe him, if you abide in my words and you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And they said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Verse 33. We are Abraham's sons. We've never been in bondage to anyone. Uh, How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered, but surely I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, uh, for, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. 
I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. That's the second time they've said that in 90 seconds. Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, well, if you were Abraham's children, you would, do the works of, you would do the works of Abraham. But you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Now, go over to verse 55. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it was glad. Then the Jews said to him, wait a minute. You're not yet 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham? The, the, point, the only point I'm making by showing you this little dialogue, ladies and gentlemen, is to show you that, that, in, that in the mind of the Jew, they had a definition of being a son of Abraham. And it was purely descent. It was genealog- genealogical. It was birthline. And as long as I had the right birth line, then I was fine because I'm a son of Abraham. Um, Jesus, of course, opposes that, but that's what Paul is doing in Galatians 3. He's giving us a new definition of what it means to be a son of Abraham. Abraham is just is not just some kind of Moral example, Abraham is a sinner who believed in God's promises, and that's what makes one a son of Abraham when you believe in those promises. Now, guys, um, I said to you that I, I think verse 7 is kind of significant, and I want to show you why I say such a thing. Um. According to this statement by Paul in Galatians 3, verse 7, God is interested in a spiritual descent, not some kind of physical heritage. Now, with that in mind, turn to Romans 9. Guys, if you can understand what is being said in Romans 9, 6, it will help you when you interpret your Bible. And a lot of, and I'll show you one example. Um, he says in the second half of verse six, "For they are not all Israel who are of Israel." See that? There's the word Israel mentioned twice in the same. What is that? Uh, Twelve words, maybe uh, four, six, eight, ten words. Two of them are Israel. They are not all of Israel who are of Israel. Do you understand what Paul, do you get what Paul is saying? Just because your national descent, your genealogical heritage, your bloodline is that of ethnic Israel, doesn't mean you're of Israel. No, 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 no. Because God is interested in a 
spiritual descent, not in your physical heritage. So when Paul comes and says, well, let me tell you who the sons of Abraham really are. Let me tell you who Israel really is. Because as you know, not all of Israel is Israel. But I'll tell you who the real Israel is. The real Israel is, verse 7, those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. There's your Israel for you. Now, are you still around Romans 9? Then then go to Romans 11. Because, boy, this statement gets a lot of ink. Romans, Romans 11, 26. And so, all Israel will be saved. <laughs> now, does that statement trouble you? All Israel will be saved. How do, you, how do you understand it? What does it mean? What is it saying? What is Paul claiming? Is he saying... That all of national, ethnic, uh, genealogical, genealogical Israel is going to be saved. No. He just told you in chapter 9, verse 26, that not all of Israel is Israel. Then he told you in Galatians chapter 3 that this is how you define Israel. Sons of Abraham are to be defined this way. They are the same people who share the same faith that Abraham had. And they come from all the nations. They come from Germantown, even. People who share the same Faith is Abraham, becomes a son of Abraham, and I'm here to tell you that all Israel will be saved. What Israel? Ethnic, national, geographical, geopolitical Israel? Heavens, no. It's all those who have become Sons of Abraham, by faith, the same faith that Abraham has. I, that, that, that's the new definition of Jewishness, ladies and gentlemen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. Gang, when you read your Old Testaments, and there's a lot of it in the book of Jeremiah. I just taught it for 25 hours. There's a lot of this... Okay, we're going to send Israel into captivity. But there's a remnant. There's a remnant that's going to be saved and I'm going to save them forever. And I'm committed to Israel forever. What Israel? What remnant? What are you talking about? Well, inside ethnic Israel are those who have exercised the same faith that Abraham has exercised. And thus, all Israel, all of those who are defined as Jews, like Paul just defined them in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, all of them, 
every last one of them will be saved. To, to mistake Romans 11 in, or to, to represent it as suggesting that God is going to save all of ethnic Israel, ladies and gentlemen, is to overturn the gospel. Because the gospel, if that's true, would be, uh, what must I do to be saved? You need to be born to a Jew. Did you get that? Did you follow my logic? If all Israel is going to be saved, and by that, Paul means everybody who is a got the right bloodline is going to be saved, then it means the gospel is you're saved by your bloodline. You're saved by your ethnicity. You're saved by your nationality. Um, but Paul didn't intend that in Romans eleven twenty six. All Israel is going to be saved. All Israel is going to be saved. I'm here to tell you. And what is Israel? Well, you know that not all Israel is Israel. Oh, he said that in 926. And now he tells us in Galatians, in this little tucked away verse, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, that nobody pauses to take a look at, and it says, you want to know who the sons of Abraham are? I'll tell you who the sons of Abraham are. They're ones who exercise the same faith. You know what you are? You're a son of Abraham. <laughs> um, a room full of Gentiles. White. I better stop there. <laughs> a, a, a room full of Gentiles are all sons of Abraham. Not because you've got any kind of Jewish blood in your bones, but because you have the same kind of faith, you exercise the same kind of faith as Abraham Abraham did. And thus, I'm a son of Abraham. We're going to stop there because I don't want to jump into verse 8 and only take three minutes on it. So understand that's what uh, the the significance of that statement in verse 7 is all about. Let's quit there. Father, um, oh, that we might properly handle your word. Oh, that this church might properly handle your word. Oh, that Jimmy Young might properly handle your word. And when he does not, would you stop up the ears of those of everyone who listens? But when it is handled aright, Lord, would you, would you thrill your people? Would you so uh, nourish them uh, by its proper handling that they are, um, they are not only taught but that they are fed, that, um, that, to know, um, that to know Jesus Christ is to be loved of God the Father, and then the Trinity takes up residence within us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Might, um, might those great promises, those great statements that may, made by Jesus himself not simply instruct us but assure us that we are not simply reconciled or declared innocent on the, based on the righteousness of Christ. Show us, Lord, that because of our relationship with Christ, we are loved. 
We are loved. We are loved by the Father. And our safety is the result of simply seeing that Jesus Christ is the only means by which any of us will ever be rightly related to God the Father. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you that by grace you have made us sons of Abraham. Might the uh, implications of that filter all through our souls and remind us just how secure we really are. Do that for Jesus' sake. We pray in his name.